0: Been a hot minute, but we're back with some hot takes. Your friend Ben, alongside Merrill Marshall, Adam Clancy, and uh, well, no Gordo on this one, but that's okay. He's got his hands full with a couple of twins and, uh, good lord, who knows what else. But he'll be back with us next episode, boys. It's been quite an adventure this off season, and of course we've got a lot to get to. Uh, not even just signings, losses, acquisitions, and Bergeron, just to name a few. But The show is really going to focus all around Marshall and Clance on this one because the both of them have been absolutely bursting at the seams, getting ready to get this one out and going. So, boys, I'm going to turn it over to you. And uh, my goodness, my gracious, the Causeway Kings right again.
1: Yeah, it fucking finally we're
0: back. We got to stop this whole, you know,
1: four to four to seven week lull that we always have. It's unacceptable. But uh, it's great to be on. Uh, obviously Benny Ben and my boy Merrill Gordo we miss you
2: but uh yeah we got a lot to talk about Meryl oh we got a we've got a ton to get into uh let's just get right to it I mean the biggest news really in the hockey world right now is Patrice Bergeron calling it a career um it's uh I, I thought he was coming back I, I really thought Krejci was gonna uh was gonna go and Bergeron was gonna stay but it, apparently as it came down to it uh bergeron called it a career um and uh what a career it was man i mean just uh the selkies uh the leadership the great play overcoming injury and adversity i mean i i, I mean where do we where do we want to start clance like w- like what, what do you think I maybe mean, there's a lot we yeah can...
1: i mean i I'm, I'm
2: i had a feeling he was going to retire
1: but then i kind of didn't think he was going to just because of all the articles and interviews I read that he was the deciding factor on Luchy coming back. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking, all right, he convinced Luch to come back. Maybe they'll have one final ride together and, and retire together. Um, But I mean, obviously that's not the case, but I mean, you know, you gotta, where to even begin with this guy's career. I mean, everything he's done, he's, you know, Gold medalist for Team Canada, World Juniors and Olympian, triple gold. Um, triple gold, six Selkies, which I think is an NHL record.
2: They might name the award after him for Christ's sake. Like they that. might as well. Um, you know,
1: over a thousand games played, over a thousand career points. I mean, the, and then to talk look back at the injuries that he's had, right? You know, I was on um the other night with uh, you know, our friend Kevin. Um, doing his his talk radio show down in the Marshfield, um at the studio. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, Patrice Bergeron memories. And one of the ones that stuck out to me was that hit that he took against Philly and counts, Yeah. that knocked him out to, like, planet Mars for God knows how long. And that was only, what, maybe four or five years into his career? Yeah, he was 23. And then to come back from that type of injury, And excel the way he did Was just, I I don't think anyone else Has ever done something like that He's gone on, and at that point He wasn't, you know, he he was an established You know, top-notch two-way center But I don't think he won any Sulkies at that time No, You know, he was just getting his feet wet In the NHL and becoming a You know, a real force out there But I mean To take that type of injury, miss all that time That he missed, come back and Win a Stanley Cup play over a thousand games, win six Selkies. I mean, I don't know about you, but in my opinion, he's a first ballot hall of famer all day
2: long. Absolutely. I mean, um, you you really look at his career and and it goes in stages, right? In in fact, how he was acquired was kind of funny because they received uh, a compensatory pick back when they used to award compensatory picks for free agent signings when Bill Guerin left and signed with I'm not sure who it was, whether it was Dallas or Edmonton or or something to that effect. But but anyway, so they 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 pick him uh in the second round and um you know he immediately uh makes an impact. Um and kind of I remember when I, you know, watching him back in his rookie year, and I'm like, man, this kid is like 18, but he's going on like 30, just his maturity. And you heard guys talking about that. Um you know whether it was Ray Croft or Andrew uh Andrew Albert's um, a little later on or uh, some of the guys that he was with during that season whether it was Joe Thornton or Glenn Murray they're like this kid is is gonna be a really good player and um you know he he is he was on that amazing um 2005 I believe um uh, or yeah 2004 um World Junior team that was like the greatest team ever assembled. Mm -hmm. um and he was the assistant captain of that team so like you look at that and you're like wow the kid's got leadership comes back you know has an amazing you know uh first two years seven over 70 points 30 goals and you know he he was such a a a stabilizing force and in in remarkably consistent that they decided to let thornton uh joe thornton go and I, i think you know the injury overcoming that injury was um was really uh, a testament to his toughness, both mentally and physically. Because I mean, the the PTSD you must have after that, after and just overcome. I mean, we saw it ended Mark Savard's career. You know, mm-hmm. by comparison, not saying that obviously there are different degrees of concussions, but um, really fortunate that he was able to make it back. And he really didn't become himself until that year they won the cup. And um, just the remarkable consistency of the guy, just the remarkable ability that you knew what you were going to get from him every night the um the two-way play and he really kind of evolved when Cassidy took over he kind of he kind of became even more of an offensive player I, I remember the year they won the cup, he had almost 80 points and like he was just uh he, he, he almost became like a revelation offensively and he was always good offensively but you know what I mean I, I think I, I think um you know, along with the emergence of Pasternak in that line that came together, you know, with Marchand and the chemistry, it really blossomed him e- even more into another stratosphere of a, of a great player. And, um, first ballot hall of famer, um, uh, probably going to name the award after him. Just, uh, every accolade he, he, get, he, you know, deserves, uh, he's, he's earned and he deserves, um, even that world junior, uh, by the way, 13 points in six games. Uh, what abuse, man. On I also a, think a I great... think he was on the same line with Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, they dominated. I remember because there was no hockey. I remember flipping that on and watching yep. the tournament. And there was some good there were some good players. Like I think Kessel was on Team USA, yep. um, maybe Blake Wheeler. And like and in the Russian team, they played in the gold medal had like Ovechkin, they had um Malkin. Hudobin was the goalie but they had um they had Radulov they had some they had some like named guys and they just took them apart man it was uh one of the one of the most amazing world junior teams i've ever seen and um you know that was just the tip of the iceberg and um what what an amazing career hats off and i would have loved to see him play another year but you know what a guy like that he doesn't know anything to anybody at the end of the day you know he's got a young fan I don't so. think
1: anyone has ever played the game better than Patrice Bergeron in, in this era.
2: And I mean, as well respected as him.
1: He's well respected amongst all his teammates, amongst all the players across the league. Yeah. I mean, the day he announced his retirement on his 38th birthday, and then the outpourings of like love and support and the messages. Crosby sent him one that was just awesome to read. Yeah. Um, you know, all the guys in the Bruins obviously they did like a little video montage for him and all that stuff. You know, obviously, there's no doubt that number 37 is heading up to the rafters. If I had a oh. guess, probably next year. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny when I was doing the show with Kevin the other night. Um, he one of the guests he had on guy, other guy he had on was this guy, I think his name was Matt Nelson, maybe he's like the commentator for like all it might have been Matt. Matt or Mike. Um and he, you know he does like all the commentary for like Stonehill college sports and stuff like that. And uh, Kevin asked us, he's like, Hey, you know, your thoughts on him being a, a hall of famer. And I was like, there's no doubt about it. Like the guy's got all the accolades in the world, like six Elkie Stanley cup champion, over a thousand points, over a thousand games played. And the other guy goes, well, I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, it only one, one cup." And I'm like, okay, but, Henrik Lundqvist, who just retired like two years ago, got voted in the Hall of Fame last year, and he's never won a cup. So I've
2: got in for way less than what he's done. Exactly. Listen, I'm not saying that like he's the greatest player in the history of the game, but I mean he's on the Mount Rushmore. So I mean, look at it. Look at even if you look at it this way, even if if you, if you try to get look at the equation this way, he's on the Mount Rushmore of one of the original six franchises in the NHL. So that basically by proxy puts you in the hall of fame. Like when you think of the Bruins, you think like, or Bork, you know, um, you know, Esposito, then, you know, if you want to throw in, I mean, I put him ahead of Cam Neely just cause he, he, I mean, I love Cam Neely. Don't get me wrong, but he did oh, a yeah. longer. Neely's in the hall of fame and you know, you know, Neely didn't have nearly the longevity that Bergeron had. I, I have no doubt that if he played long enough and stayed healthy, he would have, you know, who the hell knows, but um, you know, Chara, um, you know, guys like that, you know um, if you want to think like, you know and I mean, and, and that's just, you know, that's just the Bruins. So, you know, obviously he's a hall of famer. I mean, he's, yep. he had, a, he, he's passed a lot of his peers and um, you know, I I think he's a no doubt hall of famer. I think he's a Bruins hall of famer and I think uh, he's going to be, he's going to be sorely missed. And um, I'm not sure if you want to segue into like, what do they do now kind of thing. But, um, you know, I I, I think the, the last thing I'll say too, before, if you want to move on, but I'll, I'll just leave with this, like so well-respected by the NHL, by, by his peers, that when he got bit by Alex Burroughs at the final, that pissed a lot of guys off around the league. Like there was a lot of scuttlebutt that, you know, Patrice Bergeron is one of the classiest guys in the NHL. Even though he never won a Lady Bing, he could have definitely been that kind of uh, th- that kind of nomination, that nominated player. And for for that, really pissed a lot of guys off. No, a- absolutely. I mean, I remember
1: um, it might have been on an episode of Behind the Bee a few years ago when um, Subban was still playing. Actually, it was probably when Subban was still with Montreal. And him and – he took, like, a cheap shot taking Bergeron down in the corner. And uh, Bergeron's response like, come on, man, don't do that. And Subban was like, oh, sorry, I thought you were Marshy. He's
0: like, no,
1: man, no, you didn't. He's like, don't do that. Like, why you got to be like that? Like, I feel like any other player would have, like, been punching Subban in the back of the head or fucking spearing him in the balls or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, But, you know, with that being said, Meryl, it's like – you know, as we were discussing before we we hopped on, like let's start talking about the center position now. Who's going to be that replacement? Who's going to be that go? Actually, before we start there, before we go back to the replacement, let's get your thoughts on who you think will be the next captain. Hmm,
2: that's a good. Uh, that's a real good question. We
1: had we had this discussion the other night. Um, when I again when I was on with Kevin, um, but I I have
2: I have my thought my theory. I'd love to hear yours. Well, I think judging by and it's not just one reason, but I think I think the guy who's earned it by his actions and obviously his, his longevity, I, I think, is is Brad Marchand. Um, the reason why I say that is I don't know for sure if if McAvoy is ready. Well, don't get me wrong. McAvoy's a, a great you know, he's, he's a great player and um he's, he's going to be a good leader. And he's probably the definitely, like after Martian retires, he'd definitely be the next captain. But I think, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I think when you look at a guy who, if you're looking to a player now, obviously, you know, he's been a rat in the past and he's done things. But if you want to look at a guy to like look up to for your organization is a guy who came from basically very unheralded, kind of like a Bergeron in that mold where he, he really was sort of maybe – you know probably less than Bergeron. Bergeron was more heralded coming out uh, from his amateur career, worked hard, went from a fourth liner and kind of built his career up. Um, I think it would be Marchand if it's not Marchand. I mean, I'm not going to be like upset about it or anything, but that's just my my theory. I think it goes Marchand and then McAvoy and maybe Pasternak or Coyle. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably missing a guy in there. I know they've thrown the A on Carlo a few times. I'm like, yeah, you know, I really don't, really don't see that. But I mean, that's put an A on him because he plays like ass. (laughs) Well, he was their best defenseman against uh, against Florida, which is probably exactly why they lost. If he's your best defenseman, you're not really going to probably win much. But um, that's my theory on 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 the next captain. What do you think? So, I I could see that being a potential.
1: Here's my thing, right? Marshawn has including this upcoming year 2 years left on his deal. He's 36 years old.
2: Wow, he's that old. Holy shit.
1: He's like 30, he's like 30, look it up. I want to say he's like 35 36 years
2: old. He's definitely in his mid I think he's born the same year Lucic is if I'm not mistaken. So he's at least 35. Yeah, look it up. He's 35 right now. He almost has my birthday, which is uh well uh date anyways. Definitely I'm definitely older than he is. <laughs>
1: So he's 35 years old, right? So he's going to be 37, going on 38 when his deal ends. Do you really just want to have a short-term captain? Because realistically, when his deal's done, he's going to retire.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, so. No, it, go, go ahead. No, I, was, I, I don't mean to, you know, um, you're, I mean, Bergeron was kind of a short-term captain. Obviously, though, he was like a. No brainer. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah, exactly. So
1: I, I look at it this way, right? Especially now looking across the league, captains of teams now are just becoming younger and younger. McDavid, who's only 25, has been a captain now for three years. Um, Tavares, I think, is probably one of the oldest tenured captains in the league. Um, they gave
2: Crosby, the, the C or really when the- he was,
1: when he was like fucking 20.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I, I could see Marshawn. I could see that. He's an older veteran, all that. But looking across the league, I personally think they're going to go with McAvoy. They just signed him to a long-term ticket. He's he's the face of the franchise now, right? He's going to be the guy. He's going to be that guy that they're going to build around. He's got leadership qualities. He he was a captain, of, uh, assistant captain, either captain or assistant captain of Team USA in the World Juniors. He's worn A on his jersey already as a young 25-year-old in the league. I think he's ready to take that next step. One, because he learned playing next to Chara, who was a captain when he came into the league. There's nobody else better in the league to learn from at at his position and as a leader. He's now learned from Bergeron for the last few years. I think Marshawn would be a very good captain, but nothing against him. But I just think he has too much baggage from his past.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, he's definitely wearing a letter. I mean, that's, I mean, oh, we're, absolutely. we're parsing it out. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it is a big deal cause it's an original six franchise. It's not, you know, the captain of, uh, of, you know, just, uh, you know, the Arizona coyotes where people are kind of like, you know, whatever. I mean, um, but you know, I, I if it's, if it is Magaboy, I don't have a problem with it. um, You know, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if um, if Charlie Coyle has a letter on him. Um, Oh yeah, he's
1: already won the A this year a few times. So I
2: I think um, I think he's a guy that also um, exudes stability um, and consistency. So uh, you know, I, I think from that perspective, you know, and I think another another guy that maybe even though he's been gone for a while and he just came back that could wear a letter you know, probably, you know, you'll probably see it in an exhibition game. You know how they kind of, during a net preseason game, they'll kind of yeah. move it around. I think you'll see Luchic wear at a time or two. They'll throw the A on him. Not that he'll be a captain, but um, I could see Luch
1: being like an assistant captain, like for home games. For like like for sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, teams do that now. It's like, obviously you have your head captain. Then yeah. you have like your one or two stable assistant captains. And then you have guys that like we're an a at home and then guys that wear an A when they're away and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, I think I think he'll uh, he'll rotate in. I think the other thing is though he's got to uh he's got to play enough. I mean, I you know, I I think that's one thing where it's like you know, he's got to be at least playing 10 minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like it, it's kind of weird when you have a guy in a leadership position who's not a who doesn't, who's not on the least top nine, you know, who's not a, a top nine player on, on, you know, who's not at least a third liner. But yeah. um, so, uh, I mean, looking at it now, like how, I mean, listen, you're not going to replace, you know, replacing Patrice Bergeron in quotes, like you're not going to be like, Hey, here's a guy who's going to do all these things, lead, you know, Selkie play on the power play play on the penalty kill. I, I actually think, where they're going to miss him the most oh. is on the penalty kill and um, in defense. The faceoff, thought. Oh yeah, and yeah, he's all. Oh, he was. There are many years he was almost sixty percent in the faceoffs. Which I mean, if you haven't played the game of hockey, it's such a different world. Starting the play with the puck, then because you you just think of it this way: you win the faceoff, you're not playing on your heels. So. Mm-hmm. Like that's you, you gotta look at it that way. And I mean that there's so many things where people don't realize that how he affects the game. And I, I think that's it's there's it's big shoes to fill it. It's not gonna be one guy that does it. Um unfortunately. Um oh, j- just like in my Remember the Titans, you cannot
1: replace a Gary Bertier. No, no, you, you cannot <laughs> replace a Patrice Bergeron.
2: <laughs> no, you you can't, you can't, especially, you know, here's the big difference between, like, I heard somebody talking about how, like, when Chara retired. versus Chara was not, I love the guy, but he wasn't, like, 09 Norris winning Chara when he retired. No. Bergeron was, Bergeron retired basically at the top of his game. Selke, I know he had the injury at the end of the season, and he definitely wasn't the same in the postseason. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hold that against him. I mean, it's just, um, you know, they were worse because he was injured. I mean, he, he probably shouldn't yeah. have – but you're not going to – he's Patrice Bergeron. Obviously, you're going to play him. So, like, he retired at the top of his game. Like, that's – and that's why I thought he was coming back. You know, it wasn't like – you know, like a creche where you could clearly see the decline. Um, You know, you know, don't tell that to Chigs, but – uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, But, um, you know, it – he was at the top of his game, and I think that's what's gonna. That's what's both a little surprising and what's gonna hurt, hurt them. Um, I do think, I do think Zach is a good player. I, I think he's, I think he's definitely more of a two C. Maybe he surprises us. You never know. Um, he's definitely gonna get the opportunity. Um, he's gonna probably slide in with you know. And and here's the other thing too. We didn't even get into the whole. Um, and I didn't even have this really on the docket just because there's so much going on. But the whole Bertuzzi thing, losing Bertuzzi and Hall, it really changes the look of their team, their their forwards. Like the like it just um that's what makes it all the more surprising that they would, even though Bertuzzi's not a center, that they kind of let him go. Um, but like now you you look at their lineup, it's like, okay, who's playing with who's playing with Zaka? And Charlie Coyle is gonna have to play on the second line. Um I mean, I wanted to get your your thoughts on that. Um, what do you think the wing situation is going to look at look at in the top two lines? Well, you think at
1: wing situation, your top two wingers are going to be Marchand and
2: DeBrusque, right? On the left side, right? Yeah, yeah. I yep. mean, DeBrusque has been playing the off wing too, though. He can play the off wing. I,
1: I think um, I actually like him better on the
2: off wing. I think
1: I think he's more effective.
2: Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he can be effective in either side. My thing is, is like, do you want Zach playing with Pasta, or do you want like do you Pasta playing with Coil? Like, I feel like, I, I, I feel like maybe that's a better fit with a guy like DeBrusque.
1: Mm-hmm. It's tough because I think, you know, like you just mentioned, like Hall being gone and Bertuzzi being gone, like that the. the, the... It's like that. That's two of your top six that, <laughs> that you're missing now. Like it like, knows. I don't think there's anybody in the farm system ready to make that jump, right? I don't. I. I. I'm still calling it. I think Fabian LaSelle is a first round bust. I don't think he's gonna make it to the NHL. Mm. The, the kid has yet to even receive a call up. You know, I, I'm more
2: intrigued by Merkalov than 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 him at this point. Yeah scored um, 20. He scored 24 last year. I, I think your, your, your
1: top line wingers are going to be Marshawn and DeBrusque, DeBrusk on the off wing. Second line wingers, I think are going to be Zaka. And fuck, man, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them throw Frederick up there.
2: Van Riemsdyk, maybe we'll get into Frederick later.
1: JVR, I think is going to be a bottom
2: six. I
1: I just don't I see him being cashed. a top
2: six. I think he's cashed. I know he was on that Philly team that was kind of a dumpster fire, but like I think he's I think he's cashed. That's why when I looked, saw the signings, I was like, meh, meh. you know, they bring in I'm actually kind of intrigued by Morgan Geeky as a third line center, but like as far as as far as Van Reamsdyke, I'm just kinda like, I mean. You're gonna see. You're gonna notice pretty quick whether he has anything left in the tank or whether he's just like, uh, you know, kind of, kind of one of those. Like, remember, like back in the day where the Bruins were bringing guys at the end of their careers, like like Joe Murphy or like Paul mm-hmm. Coffey. Like, I kind of feel like this is what they did with Van Riemsdyk, uh, Shattenkirk, and to a lesser degree Lucic. Like, I'm I,
1: surprised I, they didn't bring Thornton back.
2: Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, where was Glenn Murray? I, I you know, let's see if he's available. But uh, I heard, I heard Jason Allison's still out there. Oh, yeah. Sergey Samsonov. Sign him up, too. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I think, I think they're going to, I think depth is going to be an issue uh, this season for sure. Yep.
1: Now, you know, I know, I guess we mentioned earlier before we hopped on, like, Potential, you know, replacements for Bergeron, right? Obviously, you know, quote-unquote, he cannot be replaced, but physically they got to find a player that can kind of take over that 1C role. Um, You know, I, I read an article earlier, pulling it up right now, uh, for potential replacements. Four names have been tossed around. we got Elias Lindholm from the Flames, uh, Mark Scheifele from Winnipeg, Logan Couture from San Jose, And the most recent one is um, Evgeny Knetsov from the Capitals. Um, Looking at those four names, I personally would go with Shifley. He's younger, much bigger body. The kid can put the puck in the net. He's played first line minutes before. My top choice would be Mark Shifley.
2: Yeah, I, in a vacuum, I would, I would like that too. It's just, we were talking about this before we went on, like, The whole Winnipeg Jets thing, like, it just, there's something weird that went on in that locker room. Like, their team was so talented. Like, they definitely still had the stench of, like, the Atlanta Thrashers. Like, you had, like, I don't know. There's a lot of scuttlebutt going on about how how he is in the locker room. You know, who knows? No one's going to come out definitively and, and give examples about stuff, but, like, just in a vacuum, it just he was on a team that would had so much talent that underachieved big time. Like, it, it, you know, he it goes back. You have Buffalo retiring under weird circumstances, just like quitting. Paul Maurice just like walks away, and that that was weird to me. Like, Paul Maurice is like in the middle of like December a couple of years ago, he's like, I can't coach this team and get them to where they need to be. He had the whole Lion A thing, Blake Wheeler is he a captain or not? And then Shifley, you know what how his, he is he as a player then you bring in Pierre-Luc Dubois which just added to the to the to the um to the dysfunction like I, listen if you can assure me that like Mark Schrifley is like going to come in and not i want to say poison the room but kind of just assimilate and just and just be put his head down and play to his ability absolutely like like I think Lindholm maybe fits a little bit more with the two-way play um you know, and, and maybe a little bit more um what they're looking for. I mean, here's the here's the thing: it's going to come down to it's like, it's like everything else. Like none, nobody's moving right now. Like everything's in like a vacuum. Like with the salary cap now going up. But I mean, part of the reason why Helle, uh, Hellebuck, you know, you saw him not get traded. That's part of the reason why they haven't been able to move Allmark, because Hellebuck's going to set the market. So once I don't think I don't think we're moving all dude. I don't. Well. I mean,
1: I don't think they have a choice now with what with, with the arbitration stuff going on with Slayman. Yeah, that's another thing
2: we're going to get to. But like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, on on a, if it's just if we're just talking hockey, I would say Shifley. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that and I don't think they're going for Kuznetsov. But I, no. I probably, I think the Bruins will probably try and kick the tires on Lindholm. I also saw J T. Miller. I mean, like, you know, he's not. I mean, the he's thing about at, Jake, he's injury prone, though. And that, and yeah, exactly. And kind of the same thing with Shifley in terms of like the character questions. Like that Vancouver team was a complete train wreck. Now they kind of played better with pocket as the head coach, but you're not going to, you know, when you're on the floor, then you're on the bottom basement floor that you can only go up, right? So, like, you know, I, I, I agree. I, With the Shifley thing though
1: I don't think he has character issues I I think you know he's probably just He wants out he wants to get away from the toxic Environment that's obviously something's Going on up there I think if he came to Boston he's got a fresh Start great group of guys A team that's very welcoming to New players Um, And then I just think he'll set I think he'll settle in quickly And and show us his game you know
2: You might be right I mean that you know what and that's very, very possible. I think the the trick is going to be with any move is like who you giving up the money. Like, there's just so many variables that I think, I think you'll you'll see a lot of movement on the trade deadline too. And, and I mean, who the hell knows where the Bruins are going to be? Like, I, I I have them as a coin flip for whether they make or miss the playoffs this year. Like, everybody's like, oh, they'll still make the playoffs. I'm like, you know, it, but at the same see- time,
1: we we sat here a year ago saying, oh shit. My, I think my son's waking up. One of my sons. Um, we sat here a year ago wondering like what the fuck's gonna happen with this team. Like, yeah, wow, great. They brought back Bergeron and, and Krejci, but like we were all saying, me, you, Ben, and Gordo sat here and said, they're not making the playoffs, they're not gonna make the playoffs. And look what they did. Playoffs aside, look at the fucking season they put together. Yeah. Without- a lot of- without Marshawn at the beginning, without
2: McAvoy at the beginning, without Grizzly at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. People forget they they were missing a lot of their, a lot of their, uh, their top line talent to start the year. Like, I mean, my, my thing, the difference is, is that I think a lot of the guys had career years. Yeah. Career years last year, whether, you know, good or bad, it is what it is. Um, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be that. uh, I don't think that's going to happen again this year. Um, I just don't think they have the depth that they had last year, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to suck. I don't think they're going to be like the worst team in the league. I I think they're going to contend. I agree. I mean, I I think that, you know, and again, it's, you don't really know until they drop the puck, but I mean, if you're just looking at it, you know, I, I think, for what it's worth. I mean, not that it means a whole hell of a lot, but Toronto's probably the, the, the team to beat right now. And then it's kind of, you know, Florida maybe, but I mean, they got a ton of injuries. Like I find it hard to believe that Tuchuk will be ready to go by a puck drop. I mean, that was a serious injury he suffered. And then, you know, you could kind of put the outside of Montreal, who I think is going to still be terrible. Like you could throw all the teams in the, in a blender. Like, and then the other thing too, is like, I think Buffalo is going to be a contender. But then like the other two teams like Ottawa and Detroit, like, I mean, we've been talking about them for years and they, you know, until they prove it till they can actually put, go put a season together and get into the playoffs and play consistently. Like, I don't, I don't, not that like, you know, I, I think the Bruins are, are anything in any great shakes, but I mean, I, I, I Otto's think is going to be dangerous that I think they, they just
1: signed Tara Sanco dude.
2: Yeah, I think they're gonna. Yeah, I just you know, I think they're gonna be good with if they finished third and the Bruins ended up out of the playoffs in the four spot or missing the playoffs. Would it surprise me? No, but you know, I, I need to see him do it for a for a whole season. But I, I think it's just a matter of time before they put it together. I mean, they just got too many good. No, players. I
1: ag- I agree. I still think they're gonna be better than most people are projecting them to be. Yeah, I. Buffalo, I, th- I think, is going to be – they're going to be legit, dude. They got, they got Le- Levi Levi Annette, who's going to most likely take over the starting position, the kid they got from uh, Northeastern. You got Tage Thompson, who has proven to be an elite goal scorer in the league. Owen Power. Um, Owen Power, Rasmus Darlene, um, Jeff Skinner. Who's kind of, um, yeah,
2: who's like – yeah, they – Oh, Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, um, yeah. Peyton Krebs, like they got yep. a bunch of, they got a bunch of. Th- that team is emerging. Like that team and is whoever.
1: Amazing. Who did they draft? They drafted someone in the first round this year that's supposed to be an absolute stud.
2: Um, I' trying to think. Um, wasn't Zach Benson? Was it? Maybe. Yeah, Benson. Yeah. Really? Okay. Benson, yeah, Benson, eighth overall. Wow. Wow. I just, you know, that's the that's my um, that's my Rain Man effect kicking in. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not on my work computer, so I don't have
1: like my dual screens up or anything, so I can't really look things up. So
2: no, I got, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm kind of spitballing yeah. things, but yeah, no, they're, they're gonna be, they're gonna be dangerous, man. And and you know, like real quick, like the Bruins, like if the Bruins are gonna make the playoffs, I think a few things have to happen. I think Pasternak has to has to show now that he can carry a team, goal scoring wise. He has to be able to. And he has been, but, I mean, he's really going to be the focus now without really having an elite centerman, you know. I mean, Saka and Coyle are good, but I wouldn't put them elite. Um, he's going to have to be able to still put the puck in the net consistently. I think Charlie McAvoy is going to have to be a top-five Norris guy. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, he's going to have to – I think he's capable of it for sure. Um, the only thing I – the only question I have with McAvoy is nothing to do with anything outside of just stay healthy, you know? And and, um, it's hard to do when you're the number one, he's, he's going to be on the power play, the penalty kill. He's going to get all the big minutes. He's going to get the toughest matchups. He's going to get the hardest four checks like, but you know what? That's part of the deal when you're a number one defenseman. Um, I think they're going to need to have some guys. Maybe we're not thinking of emerge. I think maybe Trent Frederick's going to take another step. I think that um you know someone's gonna have to play well defensively. I like I said I don't love their decor outside of McAvoy. Well I'm not really enamored the kid, with um, the kid
1: that they signed Mason uh Lowry, he was turning heads every day at development camp this year. He's a big body. He's compared a lot to Victor Hedman, uh, but
2: with more of a chip on his shoulder but yeah and and Hedman's got a pretty nice chip on his shoulder now like he's a fully formed mutant out there like i could see him starting the year in providence couple injuries he comes up and they then he makes his mark like i could see him coming up after like 30 35 games and um and maybe sticking like yeah. i hope so they they might need it like i i i'm not like you know would it shock me if Brandon Carlo got injured no because he's been injured a ton like, you know, um, or... the guy injures himself taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just hard to do. Like, you know, you know, is Kevin Shattenkirk going to stick as a as a third pair guy? I mean, you got Forbert there. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Lori can play the offside. Um, but you know, they, you know, there's going to be injuries. I, I think, you know, another thing that we, that they got really lucky with last year is they hardly had any real injuries till the very end of the year. Like yep. they, they had some guys injured at the start. They weathered that storm and then they just exploded. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to need like one of these other guys too to pop. We're going to need Morgan geeky to maybe get you 15. You're going to need Patrick Brown to give you something, you know, Jesper Bolquist, maybe he makes his mark. Like one of these guys is going to have to, Is going to have to come out of the woodwork, you know. Maybe JVR has to score twenty goals. I mean, like I said, this is what I'm saying that I think whether they make the playoffs or not. I believe Boquist and Zaka played together a little bit in New Jersey. I think he's I think he's a guy to watch. I think he's like my kind of dark horse guy. He's he's young. He's got skill.
1: Again, he was one of those kids that was one of those young kids that was on a, a watered down. New Jersey team that wasn't really doing much, you know, he get out of there. I mean, obviously I think New Jersey's going to end up being very good with Jack Hughes, Luke Hughes.
2: Yeah. It um, took him a while. I mean, like, but they're, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be a, a really good team, but I think it's going to be one of those things. Maybe Boquist comes out of the woodwork and has a good season. Like, um, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, also get into a couple quick things before we get into some fun stuff. Um, just your quick thoughts on the whole. Uh, I know I, I misread the uh, the text that you sent when you're, uh, you know, when I'm driving down 128 after after a long week of work. <laughs> is uh, Jeremy Swayman and the whole arbitration thing? Um, and actually, Swaim and uh, Frederick too. Like Frederick's arbitration, I don't think is easy as people think because I've I've heard a couple of pundits give a bunch of different valuations of Frederick because he's kind of had a weird career, but he sucks. Uh, well, I mean, he had a good season last year. I mean, just in terms of the numbers, I, I think well, they, he's gonna have to give them something, though. That's well, the thing,
1: okay? Yes, he had a good season, he had what 12 goals, and uh, he's sw- he was a first round pick.
2: Yeah, like I, yeah, listen, I'm not saying that you know he's uh he's gonna be you know the next David Backus, which is what they were which they were trying to project him as when he was drafted, but um. He had 17 goals and, and 31 points. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that's going to have to give them something similar. Like I, here's my thing. So this is his, before we get into Swayman, which is the real, you know, subject of the arbitration, he he had no goals his first two stints in the Bruins, 15 games, no goals in 19, no, no goals in two games in 20, 21, he has four goals in 42 games, which if you Strapped. I mean, that's eight goals basically in uh in eighty one games. Then he has eight and sixty last year, and then this past season seventeen and seventy nine. So it's like, what is he really? I think again, not to hear myself talk, but he's the kind of the poster child for last year, a guy that had a career year, who's probably not gonna. He's probably a ten to twelve goal scorer if he's playing. Like if you do like the Pythagorean eighty-two game sample, mm-hmm. he's probably a third, fourth line guy. I I, I think that you know, I don't think they're gonna you know walk away from him like. But I I think which they could do in an RFA. They could always just say yeah we're not gonna pay that. He becomes a free agent. But I think he's gonna probably be around if if he's over two and a half, I'll be absolutely stunned because he is not worth more than two and a half. I even think that's a stretch honestly for what he is. But, I haven't seen the numbers come out for his arbitration yet though. I, I, don't, haven't think, either. I just, don't think his is until
1: like August.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm I haven't like for Swayman we have. So like but but I mean if if he's if he's over two mil two and a half million, I would be like, dude, what are we doing here? They need to I need to go get a PTO then. I, I was mean- gonna
1: say if he gets two and <laughs> if he gets over two and a half, I'm going on a six month training regiment six days a week, skate in five hours a day, and I will apply for a PTO because I now take half of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and and the other thing too is, you know, I, I I think he's probably, you know, if, if he's, if he ends up at 2 million, I think that's perfect for a third line guy, which I think is really what he is. I mean, you're not really going to, even in this lineup, I don't think he's playing power play. Like he's not going to play over Debrasco or, or Marshand or anybody like that, or or even you know Pasternak. You think of the wingers. I mean, I would even put JVR in the power play in front of the net before him, just based I on. Even, I don't even think Fredericks had puberty yet. Yeah, you ever, you ever heard his voice?
1: Come on, guys, let's go, guys. I'm a, I'm in your kitchen seven six. I'm in your kitchen. You know, I,
2: I think he's a guy that if, if he's on your third line, I, I think that's probably third, fourth line is right where he is. He, mm-hmm. he belongs. So, um, And the other thing, too, is he's real. Even though they list him as a center, he's really not a center. I mean, no. you know, he, he he's not. I don't think he skates well enough to be a center. I think he's a wing. And um, Well, you know yeah. what's funny is,
1: remember, one of our past guests, John Lounsbury. Yes. Did you see his social media post earlier in the week? He was I out did. in St. Louis doing work with um, Shen Maroon. Uh, I forget who else and Trent Frederick. Oh, because he's from that area. Yeah, yeah, Frederick yeah. St. Louis. Yeah, so at least we at least we know he puts in some off ice work.
2: <laughs> no, no, I mean he's definitely he, he's definitely sort of come a long way from what he was, but I mean at the same time it's like I think he benefited from kind of. Just, playing with coyle and Hall yeah yeah playing with Coyle and Hall having a ton of I mean they they make so much time and space I mean I, I think you know when Charlie Coyle's going and he's healthy we see what he is like he makes the game so much easier uh yep. for everybody like like he could just possess the puck and you know it's it just I think he was the beneficiary of that and and I think you know, I, I don't think he's a 17-goal guy. I hope I'm wrong. If if I am wrong and he's more than that, then I think the Bruins have found gold. And, and I think he's one of those guys that needs to come out of the woodwork. But, like, I think the real problem they're going to have is with Swayman and the $2.8 million difference. Um, And, again, like, this is the sort of – this is the sort of problem you have with the two platoon goalie system, because again, it's a lot like quarterback where you can't have, they both can't play. It's not like you can have, you know, it's not like any other position where you could have two great defensemen or two great centers. Like, you know, it's, they're going to have to make a decision. I think, I mean, I think, I like Swayman better than all I think you would agree on that. Um, yeah. Like no, long I do. Term, too. Like long-term, like if you, if you were to project it out like five years and you say, okay, who would you rather have for the next five years? I think we both agree that it's Swayman, but it's like, how are they going to afford that number? I I think just based on like what I've seen around the league, like with like the Samsonov contract, I think he's going to end up at like three, five. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but um, I mean, I I, I want to get your What do you think this does though with his trade request? I I think he's gonna be harder to move because I think teams are gonna know that the Bruins are kinda up against it. Um But but
1: you know he it's already it's come out in the past that he requested a trade because he wants to be closer to home, right? So yeah. he, he's an RFA. He goes to arbitration, he goes him, him and his camp go in at four point eight, Bruins come back at two. The Bruins most likely, knowing how they are with their money, are not gonna budge past two so do you think they just say all right hey we'll, we'll we'll you know let you go start talk to other teams or do you try to trade him and get something in return
2: well i think this is where we circle back to what we were talking about earlier i think this goes back to the whole mark shifley thing kind of a distressed asset winnipeg is closer to um Winnipeg is closer to Alaska. I mean, it feels a lot like Alaska. It's one of the coldest places in North America. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that's how a deal like that gets done. Um, You know, I I mean, you look at it from a perspective of, I don't think Seattle is looking for a goalie right now. Uh, Maybe Vancouver. Ottawa. 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 I mean, I don't think they would trade him in the division. That's a guy I would not trade in the division. I, I tell you, a team that would be intriguing, but they have kind of a young goalie is a team like Edmonton. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure if they're totally sold on Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell, Hamm- that Jack Campbell contracts an Albatross. Mm. And then you look at a team like Calgary, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, maybe they maybe, trade him for Lindholm. Yeah. The, again, same thing we were talking about. But I, I mean, the money is going to. It, it really all goes back to the money. That's part of the, my frustration with the league overall and the salary cap not moving. Is I think this really hampers a lot of teams, and it kind of screws the players. Like the players that do want to get traded, maybe get a better opportunity that they're not going to be able to uh, to do that. So, um, and I also think honestly, like Swayman is Swayman's a quiet guy, but he's a sneaky. He's a competitor. Like yeah. he doesn't want. To, he doesn't want to be a tandem guy. He wants to be a 50-55... Game a year starter, and I think he's capable of that. I, I think that the I think the thing that's going to suck for the Bruins is, I think if they're trading Swayman, and again we really don't know what he is in the postseason because he really has a he doesn't have that much of a track record. We certainly know what Allmark is in the postseason, and it's not good. I think between the two, they're losing the better player, and I think that really is probably going to limit them. They're they're if they are going to make a run, I mean, maybe all Mark proves this wrong, but his, his postseason numbers, all marks have been atrocious. Um, yeah. I mean, like it, it's, it, it really, he's like an 87% save percentage guy. I mean, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. Uh, not that I want to, you know, get a headache looking at his, you know, and get angry, looking at his playoff numbers, but like, you're not, you're keeping the worst player. And I think that's just cause he has a no, like you said, he has a no move clause. I mean,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: not that you can't be moved but like it just doesn't seem likely it just seems there's a lot more that's going to have to go in and keep it swayman versus all Omar, because all already in the contract so yeah
1: no it'd be interesting to see what happens i mean i i you know with this team you never know
2: what you never know what to expect yeah i mean um, uh you know never say never obviously i mean they're gonna they're gonna kick the tires on guys and um you know, we're, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening, but I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think they're probably done. I wouldn't be surprised if a deal is made, but it's definitely kind of the quiet part of the off season. I, I definitely think towards the, I mean, depending on the, the RFA, what it comes in at, I, I think that might facilitate some movement, but I definitely think at the trade deadline in general, you're going to see a lot of moves at the trade deadline. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of teams are going to start to look to move money and move guys around because they're anticipating the salary cap for next season going up hopefully 4 million that's i heard 3 to 4 million which would be great. Yeah, i agree. Cuz it as a fan it sucks uh with this limited player movement. So before we sign off i wanted to get your uh, get your thoughts on a couple things, just spitballing things that i had uh kind of fun stuff. So first question, oh boy. What do you think so who is going to have more points this season? Tyler Bertuzzi, or the combination of Lucic, Van Riemsdyk, and Shattenkirk. Tyler Bertuzzi all day long. Oh, absolutely! I, I absolutely. Yeah, I think I think he'll have seventy falling out of bed playing with Matthews. To be honest with you, <laughs> seriously, I think I think
1: Bertuzzi, I think he blows him out of the water by minimum twenty points.
2: Oh yeah, I. I could, I mean, I could see a scenario where one of the three that I mentioned for the Bruins doesn't make it through the season and they get sent to Providence or something. I mean, if it was 2013, we'd have a hell of a fucking team with those three. But like, um, Lucic, I would be stunned if he has more than if he has 10 goals. Would be, a, I would be ecstatic. But I don't think he's going to get close to that. I think. He's I don't more. think he's had 10 goals in the last two years. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that is uh, that just gives you a little kind of not preview, but that kind of puts in perspective the Bruins' moves this off season to this point. Um, that you let you know Tyler Bertuzzi walk out the door, um, knowing full well that Bergeron was going to retire. Like that was not something that they were like, "Oh, hey, he's retiring now." It's like no, they probably knew right after the season. Um, which pisses me off even more that he went to a division rival. Who's probably, I would think that's the one team that probably spanks the Bruins a few times this season, the regular season. Um, Yeah. yeah. I I think they're going to, they got so much offensive
1: power in Toronto. It's going to be scary. I, I say Bertuzzi has 70 over 70 points.
2: Yeah. I think he's probably 30 goals 30. I think he's 30 goals, probably 45 uh or 35 assists. I'm well, that's 65. I'm yeah, comic core math. So yeah, I think he's 30, <laughs> 35 and forty. Or he might even like score 40. You never know. Like with Marner getting in the puck, like what a great, what a great situation. And he's gonna he's gonna make bank next year because he's gonna hit the oh, open God, market yeah. probably with a 35 goal season. And he's probably gonna sign Somewhere and and make some, and make some big cake. Good for him. You know who else
1: is going to have a break all year up there this year? I think is going to be Max Domi. Yeah, because people don't. People people don't. People don't know Max Domi, Mitch Mitch Marner were line mates for three years for the on for the London Knights in the OHL. And if you watch Max Domi's highlight clips, like those two were unfucking stoppable in
2: junior hockey. And he loves. His dad was a Maple Leaf. He's so fired up to be Maple Leaf, like his dad's a legend. Yeah, I, I think um yeah, I, I think he's gonna have um in fact he he might have more points than the three uh than than the three anchors there we mentioned for the Bruins combined, let alone Tyler mm-hmm. Bertuzzi. I mean so um my my next my next question is uh all right the Bruins make the conference finals, if insert question, insert answer. Not Stanley Cup conference finals.
1: Make the Eastern Conference finals. Mm-hmm. If, wow, uh, I would say if Allmark has the regular season he had last year, and Pasta mm-hmm. scores over sixty
2: goals again. Agreed. I'll I'll go with this. I'll go this two things all markets on a heater like a real heater not one of these bullshit he had one good game like 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 Sebastian Jaguar against Minnesota Wild like fucking locked in like two goals and like or Rask against the Penguins at 13 yep <laughs> and um, Charlie McAvoy becomes a Norris trophy caliber defenseman I agree and I think if we hear his name
1: when the when the when the discussion start coming out about you know MVP Norris, blah, blah, blah. If we start hearing McAvoy's name right away,
2: then I think all right, we we got something going on here. Absolutely, I I think uh, he's he's one of the three keys, really. Um, I agree. And just overall, um, two last things. One, the biggest non-Bruin story this off season, in your opinion. Um, Elchenyuk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one we haven't
1: even touched. Dude, did you hear (laughs) that? Supposedly there's like some
2: Canadian bank going after him for like $400,000. No, I did not. It it doesn't surprise me. That kid. What a talent he is, but what an underachieving. I mean, he's kind of like the Alexander day of dude. He's been on almost every
1: goddamn team in the
2: league. (laughs) Yeah, it really has. And, uh, He's definitely not like Yager in that regard. Yager was, no. you know, he he Yager was way more respected, and I I don't even want to sue his name by putting him in the same sentence as Galchenyuk, but like, but I would say that was for me one of the biggest off
1: season stories was Galchenyuk's like mental, which obviously obviously I feel awful that he's having some issues and, but what happened and getting arrested and this and that and career and, over career I mean i don't know i mean in the nhl arizona From. needs all the help they can get so they probably yeah, they, resign they, they, him even though they terminated this guy. No, um uh, but that that's a sad story i feel bad for him you know third overall pick the guy's got all the talent in the world hopefully he can get some help
2: and and, and you know make his way back in the league yeah i mean i i think he'd have to do it. i mean he he already issued an apology but he, yep. he's um and that's the hard thing to come back from. There were some racial things too. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, listen, there's been plenty of NHL players who've got DUIs before. Not that it makes it right, but there's a way that you kind of you know you're you're respecting of a you're respecting of police officers, and he wasn't it was kind of a whole shit show rigmarole from the from the beginning. And um as far as as far as the incident, if you read up on it, like his father, like for tried to say he, he was
1: never seen anything like this and
2: yeah just just a, it's just a strange story i mean it, it just um yobi you know he gets the help that he needs and you know if he if he goes through the necessary steps and he's he's you know um truly remorseful um then maybe you know he can get back in the league but i i think with him he's been around for so long and he's had so many chances that I think, um, I think he's burned his last bridge in the NHL. I mean, I agree. I mean, maybe he goes down to the AHL or something, but I I think he's probably going to be in Europe uh, in the, you know, I don't know, maybe not the KHL, but um, who knows? Him and and Mitchell Miller can go over together. Yeah. And they could have Bill Peters as their head coach. (laughs) Um, So my biggest story um in the, you know, in the offseason is kind of the whole um I'm gonna go a little different off the board. I'm gonna say the whole Kyle Dubas saga, him like that that was a whole screwed-up situation. And then the blow by blow from Brendan Shanahan, like I kind of listened to the Toronto podcast just because it's kind of hilarious for me just to see the turmoil there and i kind of it's kind of like my my schadenfreude kind of thing to just just uh, enjoy their suffering but um (laughs) that was a real strange situation and he i'll be honest with you i'll just say he is a freaking weasel he comes out and says my family has concerns and they're very stressed out and he had pittsburgh in the back pocket the whole time knowing that you know, he was trying to he was trying to subvert power from, from Shanahan because they really couldn't stand each other towards the end. He, he he wanted to try either go over Shanahan's head and kind of minimize him and push him aside, and like ah, I get Pittsburgh in my back pocket where I could be the president, and he's the GM right now. Just cause, you know, it's just real weaselly. I mean, and the guy the guy won one playoff series with all that talent in how many years? He never got a real number one defenseman, never got a real goaltender. And um he failed up. He ended up on Pittsburgh, so um, not that that's any great shakes. I know they, um, they're they trying to get Carlson. I think they – I forget who they brought in. I, I haven't been kind of up on the Penguins, but, like, that whole just real, real weasley, That that's just a real yeah. weaselly thing to do. Not that I'm lamenting the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, but that, that was just a weaselly thing to do. I agree. Um, one last thing before we sign off. Um Let's do it. Your, your team – your most intriguing team that or, or team that you're watching for that you're like, Oh, that team's made some great moves um, that you're looking at uh, maybe a Western conference team that you're like, wow. Ooh, Western conference. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Western conference, but
1: um, I'm going with Buffalo Sabres, man. Yeah. That's a good one. Buffalo Buffalo's. We saw what, you know, the, we, we saw them, you know, really turning into a good team last year and, I think with this kid Benson, they drafted this year, Devin Levi getting a taste of the NHL and just not missing a beat. Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, Darlene Power, like so much young talent over there. I just think there's such a fun, talented group of kids to watch play. I think, I think they make the playoffs this year.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. And you know, I, I quick aside story. Like, um, a couple of jobs ago when I worked at this, uh, this company as an auditor, we had a satellite office in Rochester, which is not too far from Buffalo. Um, and they, they're, and that was where their farm team was there. Um, you know, a lot of nice people up there and they love their hockey and they, you know, mm-hmm. they've been the butt of jokes for so long. So it's kind of nice to see them kind of make it, make a uh, uh, return to like relevance and prominence because there's a lot of good people there who love hockey and you know, they only have two sports up there. So, um, you know, it, it, they're going to have a fun, exciting team. They kind of remind me of the early two thousands, Ottawa senators that had all that talent and they, they had like Hosa, Chara, and Redden, and they had Laleem and, you know, they Alfredson. just Alfredson, Spezza. And they kind of just, you know what I mean? They kind of, everything kind of came together after they were dreadful for a while and they kind of took off. So um, my, if for me, my team to really look not to look out for, but a team that I'm really intrigued by is the is the Colorado Avalanche because I just love their offseason. They signed yeah. Miles Wood. Um, you know, they they sign, they get Johansson, um, they get Druen and, and Colton. I love the Colton and Wood pickup. Like I think in that division in that conference. I think you really need to have like a fortified lineup to go up against the Oilers, the Knights who won the Cup, surprising Seattle team, in a in a very you know on the come Kings team, like the Western Conference has kind of really become like uh, really intriguing to watch. Like like, and I'm just I'm intrigued a lot by like in the Colorado's obviously you got McKinnon, you got McCarr, and you have Rantanen. Those they're planet players, but like. The moves that they've made, I, I think they've really done a nice job, like job, like supplementing the rest of their lineup and their roster, and really helping their stars. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an absolute battle, and it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to uh, to watch that, uh, to watch that Western Conference. And kind of, you know, I don't know how you feel, but like I can't really enjoy watching the Bruins when like the stakes get high because we're, I'm yeah. so, as you know, I'm like. I like I, I take this shit way too seriously, but like watching like a team you're, you're really kind of just intrigued about and you just like you can watch another game like another series and just like get really into it because you don't really have a dog in the fight and you can just appreciate the hockey and the athleticism. I think that's what the Western Conference is going to be for me this year is uh I think it's going to be a really great hockey to watch.
1: I think another team to watch out for. I don't know if they'll make a playoffs <clears throat> just yet but I think they're going to start making some noise in league is going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. That- they got, you got to think of it, right? You got Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Line, Adam Fantilli, number two overall pick this year.
2: Uh, oh, no, sorry, he didn't go second. He went um, third. He went third, yeah. They, the uh, Ducks went off the board kind of and took yep. – uh I forget who they took. but
1: So you got Adam Fantilli, uh, the kid Johnson, who also played in Michigan with Fantilli. Um, you got to yeah. get Warenski back this year. You got um, Elvis Mer- Mersleki or whatever his last name I'm is. That. You got Worensky coming off injury, I think. Yep. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, they they got a For lot of young now. <laughs> Who? Provorov. <For over> <laughs> Provorov. The only issue I see happening with Columbus is their new coach. Uh, Mike, that's a, yeah. Mike yeah, that's a, the
2: Dick babcock yeah that's a that's that's gonna either you know i don't think a leopard changes his stripes um after you know i don't know how old he is but he's probably pushing 60 i would think uh yeah he is 60 actually no he is 60 right on the button but like i don't i don't know i the way the game is today it's a little more uh, I don't know how you'd say it, but that coach, like, like the, the whole Babcock, Cordorella, that whole old school coach, even, I mean, you could say like, like, I wouldn't consider necessarily um, Bruce Cassidy, like old, old school, but he's more of a cut from the old school cloth, but he has a little humility to him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how Babcock's mind games and, and stuff is going to play with like the younger players. Uh, I think that that has a chance to go really sideways. So I, I'm you're right. I'm really interested to kind of see how that how that all shakes out and comes together. But coach aside, that's
1: gonna be a fun team to watch with that talent. Like I said, you got Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, uh Adam Fantilli, uh, I think his name's Kent, Kent Johnson, um Line, like Provorov. like it, so much young, great talent on that team.
2: Yeah, I think they're gonna um I think they're gonna definitely be a team to watch. And they could make I mean in the Metropolitan is so kind of topsy turvy. Um there's a few teams that you know are probably gonna be in the postseason. Um, you know, Devils, probably Rangers, um, maybe the Islanders, but you know, you never really know. Like an injury here or there happens. There's always a team that kind of surprises and comes out of the woodwork. Um, and obviously not, you know. Not that they're going to make the playoffs, but we're always going to be looking at the Chicago Blackhawks with Connor Bedard and um, Proen's first game of the season against them. Really, I thought I thought they were playing Pitt. I thought they were playing Pitt. Maybe you're Maybe you're right. I don't know. I've been wrong before. Just ask my first wife. Um, Let me see. Uh... Oh God. Uh, oh. I'm trying' to, trying to find the. I'm trying to find their schedule sorry uh let's see they play no they play Pittsburgh August 10th, um October 10th they open it they open they Maybe play the, the next game then the next the next night no this is regular season the next night they play the Bruins yeah gotcha. actually in Boston that would not be a bad game to go to well that's what I'm saying I think that's the Bruins first regular season game Yeah, that might do. Actually, look at the black the Blackhawks first. Listen to their first six games: Penguins, Bruins, and and just for like showcase games. Some of these teams aren't great, but Canadians, original six: Toronto, Avalanche, and Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champs. (laughs) Well, welcome to the NHL, Connor Bedard. He'll have fucking fifteen points in the first ten
1: games. Yeah, listen, man. I tell you not. You want to make some fucking money? I'd go buy
2: stock and sure would.
1: Absolutely,
2: Sherwood. absolutely. They got a couple guys now. Uh, DeBrinket was with them. It is DeBrinket, Debrinket Bedard, Kachuk, uh, Kachuk, um, Kachuk. Yeah, Bowen Byram, not Bowen Byram. Uh
1: plays for L.A. Kings. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Ah, uh, like I can't Andrew? think of his name. No, he's a young kid, big, big black kid. Byfield, um, Byfield, Quentin Byfield, yeah, he's a Sherwood guy. I got to tell you, I use them. I, I mean, obviously, I'm diehard Vaberro, um, but I use the Sherwood sticks too, and I love them, man. I use the Dude. ones that could chuck you. Oh, Neelander.
2: will you? Yeah. big, big Sherwood, Sherwood guy. Sherwood, I, I, uh, I borrowed a, a guy stick during a pickup session of, um, when I was coming back, and it's a nice. It's a nice. Uh, they got nice products, man. They've always had. Their they always
1: gloves turn. are so comfortable.
2: Yeah. Um, so comfortable. By the way, um, my last pickup game I played in, I used the Verbero stick, scored five goals. Not a big Ooh-ee.
1: deal. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing I want to guess. I want to start doing a gear talk session,
2: all right, Because I'm a big, you know, you know,
1: played my whole life, played since from the age of three on, all through college. I've always been a gear geek, right? Like my stick a certain way, like my skates a certain way. Um, one thing I, I've always wondered is like guys' thoughts on. How they tape their stick, right? Are you a, a heel-to-toe, toe-to-heel, full blade tape job, wax guy, no wax? Do you do the sock over the heel? What is your preferred tape job?
2: My preferred tape job is kind of um I, I guess to is just kind of a standard tape job. I'm not really crazy. I'm kind of like a more than a Jamie Ben. But well, probably more like a Tory Krug. There's a toe. There's definitely. I've definitely gotten into using the wax on the stick. I feel like even if it maybe doesn't help me per se, it's like a it's like a mental thing with me. I need to have the the the, the um the wax on the stick because um you know I even I I'm just the opposite like you. I learned how to skate at 34, so I, I still think of myself as like Edward Scissorhands out there with the puck sometimes. So yep. <laughs> I need that wax on my stick to give me like that extra confidence. Um, another thing too, a little, this is just subtle shit, but I'm definitely a white tape guy on the, on the knob of the stick, because I feel like you're going to get more, you're going to last longer with your glove. Like, I feel like it, when I, I used to use like black tape on the, on the, on the knob and it, my gloves would look like I just, you know, went through the Hershey bar chocolate factory after a while. Like just, they were just shitty. So I always use, I, um, always used white tape. On the
1: knob and the handle and then i would put the uh the grip tape around the uh the handle part as well but over the last year i actually switched from tape to using those um the rubber butt ends oh yeah those, those are awesome i love them i actually feel like they make the stick a little you know, not as heavy as when you use tape right that's tape true because it probably doesn't tape take gets water wet, logs yeah. it down exactly um, so I love using those I use like a little bit of the one got a little bit of a knob on the end of it because I like to have I don't like rip my hand around I have like my finger on the uh the the knob that's just how I've always played um but I love that but for the tape job I'm a right at the heel heel to toe I tape it over the toe and I'm just I'm a light wax guy light wax and I, I'm typically a white tape guy too but I will take if I use white tape which is I would say probably 70. 60 to 70% of the time I'll take a puck and I'll just wipe a couple black marks on it. Um It's something I've always done when I use white tape since shit, the age of probably fucking 10 when I learned to tape my own stick. Um yeah. See, I'm a black. Now, do t- you, are you, uh do you, you do uh, any kind of uh, like candy cane down the shaft or anything like that?
2: No, I I just I keep it pretty simple. I I keep pretty, I don't do like the big knob at the top like I used to when I started playing <laughs> hockey. I kind of just do like a simple white, uh, decent amount of white down the uh, down the knob, um, and and not you know not all the way down the shaft, but probably about six inches maybe. Um, yep. But um, I, all right, I got one for you. Last one. We'll end on this. Are you a are you a full roll guy? Are you a tapered or you're a contour fit glove guy? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Placing um, choices. Whoa, what
1: the fuck? <laughs> Ben's
0: back. <laughs> Goes to Christmas um, past. Please continue, though.
1: I, I would have to say I am a... For me, it depends on the brand of the glove, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can see that. Like if I go Bauer, which you know, gloves I'm very like I'm very particular in the way my equipment is. Gloves, Me too, man. gloves. I'm a four roll all day long. Me too. Um, like my Vibero, are just standard width, tapered, which I love. Um, I don't wear CCMs or anything like that, but um, uh, I my favorite would probably have to be four
2: roll. I'm a four roll short cuff guy all the way. I like the wrist mobility I don't like you know I don't like a contra I don't like it I don't like the Dion fornouf like halfway up your forearm Freaking. yeah cuff. I don't like it rubbing against my elbow pad what um what length glove do you use? I mean honestly i mean i've i'm thirteen but i've 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 worn like um twelve and a half. Um, fun fact, I even went 12 one time because the old warrior, I used, I love the warrior, um, dynasty, AX, AX one, um, brand gloves. They don't make them anymore, but they were actually, they're like oversized, but they actually, the way this particular glove is, I don't know if it was custom, but it fit me really good. And I I wore it for years until the wheels fell off it. and I even got it repalmed. And then it just, it, you know, eventually it just went to dust, but that's, I'm a, I'm a full roll short cuff guy all the way. You, uh, you
1: a stiff shaft stick guy or flimsy?
2: Well, I'm more of a, I'm more of a flimsy, I guess. You know, I like, you know, 75, 75, 85 flex somewhere in there. Um, I've really become more adept now with shooting slap shots now. So probably like an 80 flex, but I will say the Verbero 75 flex is, I mean, the stick is just the life I get out of a shot, any shot, snapshot, wrist shot, slap shot, like, and the thing is durable as hell. I mean, the, the thing is, it is, it's a quality piece of equipment. I highly recommend anybody, barrel products like this in the sticks too like i I've, I've really only used their sticks but there's they are a quality quality brand the new, the new sticks are out now the new i think i
1: sent it to you guys in the chat the new um the
0: mercury? new design
1: and every, the, yeah the new mercury stick with the new design and everything i actually have two andy the owner sent me two they're coming in the mail i got two for myself and uh one for my little guy um my oldest boy jack um no, those, the durability tests on those sticks Of, I mean, everyone knows Andy's son. He's, he's six foot six, 250, 260 pounds, big rugged defenseman. He put this Damn. stick through a 350 one timer durability test. Not a chip on the blade, nothing. It, it's a solid, it's a, um, you know, shaft's got a, a, a spine right down the middle for extra durability. It's a solid core blade. The dirt, the reason why, and he doesn't even do warranties on this stick because they're going to last, they last so long.
2: Yeah, they. It's, it's a, it's a, like, what a great piece of equipment. I mean, I'm definitely going to buy another one or I'm going to ask Santa to get me another one. <laughs> I got,
1: I got, I got a couple you can have. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude. Santa you a you. Comes through it, clutch.
2: It just moved. Really? Thank you, man. <laughs> just, I, it, I love the Romero moved. sticks. I, you know, I'm gonna uh I mean I'm gonna also see too when I need gloves. I'm gonna look at their gloves and some other products they have. It really you know it's funny when I broke my rib, I remember the um a guy I know had um had the Verbero like it was a different kind of protection upper, but it went down to like the ribs, and but you said they don't make them anymore, which like yeah, No really hard to find rib protection. that's like decent, like the lacrosse stuff is way too big and bulky. Like, yeah, but to find like good rib protection it's it's really hard to find for hockey yep so but yeah we could go on and on with gear forever so oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah we had a, this was a great podcast it was great to get back into it i think we
1: covered a lot of bases oh, so. i agree great great time i mean over an hour recording so that's that's always a plus nice. benny what are
0: you gonna add uh, i'd like to add that uh you know, hockey is a game that uh, has many aspects of it. And I'm um, going to be honest with you, gear is probably the number one thing on everybody's mind. So it's it's a great concept that uh, you guys took the time to talk about it tonight. And not only just to give Verbero a, a, a solid promo and a solid review of their gear, because obviously quality there. But, you know, especially when you're talking about the young kids and how quickly they grow out of stuff and how expensive it can be. To be able to purchase quality gear from somebody, finally, obviously, for I I think all of us, needless to say, Verbero is the way to go on pretty much everything. Um, It's just good to see that someone's out there making those quality products. And whether folks have tried it before, proven the tests or not, if you haven't, you need to reach out to clients and get on that, because uh, there's only so many ways to get your hands on that Verbero gear. And if you want the best price in town, my buddy Clance right here is the best one to talk to. That's all I can say.
1: Well, oh, absolutely. I mean, and everything Vibero does is one hundred percent customizable. Some of the stick program, like the the customizing the customization stick program they offer, is unbelievable. I mean, Vabero has just taken over the custom jersey, custom you know game wear apparel. You know, shirts, jerseys, everything—they've just taken over the game with mainly college hockey club programs. Like, go on their website, go on their social media, see the stuff they've done with for like Florida State, um, Alabama, uh, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, um, Oregon—like all these top-notch programs from like an ACHA level. It's fucking—it blows your mind away what they can do. And then the customization they can do on the sticks—holy shit! Never seen anything like it. Never yep. seen anything like it.
0: Goes on for days, and you know we've already seen a handful of NHLers break in with them, and just a matter of time before you start seeing entire big league club teams using pure Verbero, and that's going to be a beautiful it, thing. It, it's a quality
2: product, like it really, it really is. They're well made, they're durable, and they're they're good. You know, <laughs> they they it really is. I, I've given that stick, the Mercury stick to like a dozen guys, just to like just to say, hey, see how light the stick is. Like, yeah, whatever. And then they hold it. They're like, holy shit. This is the light, the lightness of the stick, unquestionably the best in the market. And then the durability, like the lightness and the durability and the responsiveness on the stick. Like it, it's the new the ones are lighter. The new stick is lighter. But it's like there is there are some sticks out on the market,
1: like the Bauer Agent, right? Extremely light light stick I've held it I've used it You know it's got some decent pop But it's not like it's not a very Well balanced lightness Right with the Vibero stick The balance is literally from The top of the shaft to the blade And it's just is- it's
2: just so Evenly killed across the whole stick I, I've noticed That in like different products where I've like just had, you know, cause I have backup sticks and different sticks and I, I'll use the Barbero stick and then I'll just, you know, and fucking around I'll, 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 switch sticks just to, you know, and like, it's just like, man, it feels, it feels weird. It feels so heavy down at the blade. Like, and then you, you put the, you you get the Barbero stick back in your hand. I mean, man, this thing, the weight is so evenly distributed. It doesn't, it, 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 it just, it feels like, it's a part of you. I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it really does. It, it feels like it's, it, it's like, synthesized to, like, your exact specs. Like, I went out and I had Andy make it for me.
0: Yeah. It's a far cry uh, the, the from stuff, the old... Stuff's uh, unbelievable. Far far cry from the old Bodor Warrior stick I gave you a few years ago. Right, Merrill? Oh, my
2: God. That thing, I mean, <laughs> that thing, I, I think I could, if I put two prongs on it, I can use it as a low jack on my steering wheel. That thing is, I like that that. thing. I mean, it looked that was a beautiful looking stick, but then when you hold it, you're like, holy shit!
0: Oh, yeah, that thing felt like a couple of stones and maybe even a small rock in there somewhere. But hey, what can you do?
2: Yeah, um, it doesn't hurt either. That, uh, I mean, we could even do a whole other thing on just like, like, um, you know blade pattern what you like and it it definitely helped Clance, that you have the exact blade
0: pattern that i like and the stick you gave me which really helped cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never a bad thing right Nope. boys on that happy note i think that's a solid episode under the belt causeway kings getting back into the swing of things we'll have gordo with us next where's the beef it's all net that's what's up little larry bird for everybody as we uh, make our way back So Causeway Kings are here, and Causeway Street's going to be rocking one way or the other. Without saying anything else to provoke additional thoughts, I can't wait to get back in with you boys, and uh, it's going to be a great time. So here's to another hockey season, the 23-24 campaign getting underway shortly. Training camp's already done, the boys are good, and we're ready for more. So on behalf of everyone here, Clance, Merrill, Gordo, and Spirit here with us tonight, and of course, your friend Ben on fifteen ten and the WMEX Sports Radio Network. We appreciate you as always, boys. As tradition, let's do it together. Let's let's go, go bees. bees. Have a good night, everybody.